0: I'm just a nobody from a nowhere place in a nowhere state, somewhere in the middle of the country. I'm not an expert, nor do I claim to be. But just maybe, I may say something. Might make a little sense to you. May open your eyes to maybe a different reality than the one that you live in. So I'm going to try to maybe change some minds, maybe change the world. And hello. This is Eric Garrison and Common Sense Solutions to the problems of today. Today, we have a few things to unpack. Um, Mainly, well, our president has made a lot, a lot of claims and and had some public talks that were, for lack of a better term, uh, questionable, Uh, he also had trouble pronouncing a very popular and famous national park. And he bragged about his cognitive thinking skills. A lot to go over. Anyway, so we're going to start right there with the Republican Party and their inability to see the error in their ways. Um, There is... And it's happening a lot in the middle class, and I don't understand it, but I don't want to get too far into that because I don't want to sound like I'm blaming the middle class or blaming people for being, you know, um, duped, I guess you would say. Um, But I'm just going to go ahead and go over a few quick facts. If you're thinking about, you know, voting Republican and you're not a billionaire, here are some things that you need to consider before you do that. Okay. Okay. First of all, you know, the Republican Party is supposed to be the financially uh, responsible party. You know, no big spending, no big government. But when you think about it, nine of the last 10's recessions have started with Republicans and Democrats ultimately pulled us out. Um, Since World War II, 24.4 million more jobs. That's uh, 78.6% a year uh, have been created by the Democrats, not the Republicans. Regardless of what Donald Trump likes to boast, twenty-four point four million more jobs have been created by the Democrats. GDP growth forty-four percent higher under Democrats than it is under Republicans. Business investment one hundred and ninety-three percent higher. Unemployment eighteen percent higher under Republicans. Democrats have uh, are lower about eighteen percent. Another, uh, another like fictional thing, it's like, it isn't fictional, but it's the, the narrative, the way it's explained is very misleading is you know the Republican tax breaks. Everybody's like, well, I don't want my taxes to go up, so I don't want to vote for a Democrat. Well, this is why I said, if you're not a billionaire, because right now the tax breaks and, and Trump did pass a very big tax cut, but um, I'd be hard pressed to find anybody that I know but took advantage of it uh, because it did not help anybody. And anybody that I know, I don't know anybody rich enough to have benefited from this tax break. Uh, It's for the upper 0.1%. And then it was a big tax break. Companies like Amazon and Chevron didn't pay any taxes, no taxes. You know, they're sitting around trying to figure out which jet they're going to buy this week. Meanwhile, you have the middle class who didn't get the tax breaks that are sitting around trying to figure out which bill they're going to pay late. But the one that's trying to figure out what jet to buy this week is the one that gets the tax break. I'll let you think about that for a second. Now, it's not hard to see how backwards this is. And uh, the thing is, is they're really good at spin. They're really good at pushing this narrative that they're the ones that are helping out the, the small guy, but they're not. They're not. Trickle down economics has never worked. I get the point and I get what they're the thought process behind it. But once you add people to it, it doesn't work. It's kind of like communism. You know, communism looks great on paper. Everybody gets the same amount. There's no money and everybody just works equally and gets equal money. And, Sure. It, it sounds great. It sounds like, it sounds fair. It sounds like everybody would be happy. But then when you add people, that's where it falls apart because not everybody's going to do their equal share. Not everybody's going to work as hard, but everybody gets the same amount of money and then it, it shit falls apart. You know, who's going to, who's going to be a doctor when they can you know mop floors for the same amount of money. So it doesn't, it doesn't uh, work when you add people. And then that's the same way with trickle down economics. The the for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, trickle down economics is a it's a simple principle. It's basically we're going to give tax breaks to these corporate uh, these corporations, you know, these big CEOs, the, the multi-billionaire, you know, billion dollar companies and million dollar companies or whatever. And the thoughts that since they're getting this extra revenue that they're not having to pay in taxes, that they will raise the wages. And then therefore people, the mass majority of the country who is the middle class has money to buy goods. Now we're in a consumer based economy. So you have to have people consuming goods in order for the the economy to do well. Now the mass majority, the biggest chunk of this country is middle-class, you know, people that make around $40,000 a year, give or take. Now, if, um, if those people have more money, more disposable income to uh, purchase goods, then you're gonna ha- you're gonna see increases in our economy. Now, if they if they're spending a majority of their income on housing or on uh, you know like utility bills and stuff like that, and they don't have that d- disposable income to go out and purchase you know items that you know vanity items, then that's gonna drive the economy in the wrong direction. So. So the trickle down economics is the thought is, you know, we'll give these tax breaks to the big corporations and then it'll trickle down. You know, they'll in turn pay their employees more. And then it, you know, so then they'll have more disposable income to purchase the goods. Well, what do you think they do with those extra revenue? Do you think they pay their employees more? Do you think they give them a break on their uh, medical insurance or do you think maybe they might give them like up more of a percentage for their 401ks or give them a pension or anything like that? Or do you think maybe they just uh, pocket it and then it increases the wealth gap even more than it already is? If you chose the latter, you would be correct. The thing is, is in the since the 70s, the average CEO salary has increased 1,000%. Meanwhile, the average laborer, the average factory worker, their... Um, income hasn't even increased as much as the cost of living has. So they're actually essentially, even though their dollar per hour looks higher, it hasn't gone up with inflation. So they're actually making less. They have less disposable income now than they did then. Meanwhile, the CEOs have enjoyed a thousand percent increase in their wages. That's what trickle down economics does when you add people. On paper, it looks great, sure, and it was a nice theory to try, sure, but it doesn't work, and to keep doing it is—I don't know why we stick with these failed systems. Because once we learned what what these uh, companies were going to do with that extra revenue, we should have uh, we should have immediately impose these taxes back on them so they can pump it back in and so we can give tax breaks to the middle class so they have the disposable income that we wanted them to have in the first place so they can go out and buy goods and drive the economy up. It is not rocket science. It is not, this is not hard to figure out. And they know this but they don't do anything about it because the Republicans are the corporations. They are these CEOs. They are those people. So they want to keep pushing the narrative that trickle-down economics works because they're the ones that are enjoying all of the benefits of these big tax breaks. It's that simple. It is that simple. So let's move past the tax breaks. Police reform. The Republicans are for more police. They want to increase the funding. They want to increase the police force. They want to, uh, you know, buckle down on crime. Well, that's fine. But we need to decide what is crime and what isn't crime. We need to decide how we're going to punish certain crimes and how we're and what certain crimes maybe we can let off on a ticket or something. We, we need to take a serious look at police. We need to take a serious look at the whole system. I know, and I, and I sound like a broken record because it seem like, seems like I talk about this every single time, but it's because it is very important there is no way in no other developed nation do we have a do, do any of them have a thousand people die at the hands of the police except for this one most of them go years without one and we have a thousand people die at the hand of the police every single year it's not it's We have more people die at the hand of the police than all the other developed nations combined. And we're supposedly the leader. I'm pretty sure somebody else is going to step up and say, okay, America can't lead. They can't even figure out the shit in their own country. I know I would if i were any if i were the prime minister or president of any of these other countries i sure as hell wouldn't be looking to this country for advice i wouldn't be looking to this country to model our system on i would be looking somewhere else because these statistics speak for themselves and and, and then the thoughts it, it, The way that we go about policing and the way that we think about policing is it's just totally backwards. It's like we have a problem with police brutality, adding more cops is not going to help that we're just teaching more we're just adding more people to a culture that's already that's already oppressing the people it's supposed to be protecting adding more people it just means more people are going to get oppressed we have to change the way we think about policing we have to change the way that we go about policing and until we do that this problem is never going to be fixed We've got to take serious action. It has to be now and it has to continue. It has to be followed up on. We can't just say we're gonna do something, do it for a month until everybody forgets about it and then go back to the way that we've always been doing it because we'll never make any progress that way. It is so hard to watch this happen over and over again. I mean, it just happened again. Nobody got killed, but it's just another example of what our police are trained to do. Because these cops I'm talking about now, the ones in Aurora, the ones that pulled the underage kids out of an SUV, put them face down, cuffed on the, on the blacktop. In, the, in a parking lot where they were going to get their nails done for a girl's day. They were all family members. One of them was 17. One of them was like 12. One of them was six years old crying for her mom because they thought that the vehicle was stolen. And, and, and come to find out the vehicle that they were looking for that was stolen was a motorcycle and the place were not even the same state. How in the hell do we not have cops with investigative skills enough to know the difference between an SUV and a motorcycle and the difference between a Montana plate and a Colorado plate? I mean, and these people are pissed off, and I don't blame them. I do not blame them one bit. You know, they let them go. Nobody got really hurt, but it just goes to show you, and and of course, it was an African-American family, but they... But they didn't look like criminals. They looked like a bunch of kids. They looked like a bunch of kids, girls, going to get their nails done. And they were all family members. There was a bunch of them There were sisters. I think one of them was a cousin, and then maybe that cousin had a sister there too. Either way, none of it matters. They were, it was a busload of adolescent to younger girls that, that, that don't look like people that are going to go out and steal a car. I mean, I'm sorry if I'm going to steal a car. I'm not bringing my six year old fucking sister. That's just me, though. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that maybe that happens a lot. But I, I'm willing to bet it doesn't. The other um, the other thing I hear that the far right say is, you know, if you stop committing crimes, the cops won't bother you. But that's not the case now, isn't it? Because these people didn't commit a crime. The driver of the SUV was fully licensed. They had insurance. It was registered. They were going to get their nails done, which I'm pretty sure isn't illegal either. And then they were ripped out of their vehicle and put on face down and fucking handcuffed like they were some murderers. And, you know, well, they were treated like a car thief. And it's like they, she owned the car. She had a license. The car was registered to her mom. I guess it was their mom's car because it was the only car they had they, they could all fit in. But, but still... I mean, why not when she said that instead of handcuffing them and oh, and and the best part they came guns drawn, guns drawn, because obviously these, these young girls looked like such hardened criminals that they were feared for their life so bad that they had to have their guns drawn on these kids. I'm sorry, if you were that paranoid, you should not be a cop. That's, I mean... That's just the reality of it. I mean, everyone else has no problem walking up to another vehicle without a gun drawn. I walk up to vehicles to talk to people all the time. I've never I've never drawn a gun just in case there might be somebody in there that might shoot me. This isn't the fucking 1800s. This isn't this isn't cowboys. Like this isn't Tombstone. We're we're past that point, you know. People aren't just out there randomly shooting people in broad daylight in public well that's not true but there are there is a a people that are doing that but they're the fucking cops they're not the regular people no person would do that no person so i don't know (laughs) But but these are you know we like to say, oh, we want to be tough on crime. We want to be tough on crime. But we need to decide who the criminals are and who the aren't criminals. Like, like these girls obviously weren't criminals and they ultimately didn't get arrested. But do you think they left that situation with a nice uh, vision of police in their mind? Do you think that they're, uh, you know, they're going to go tell a story of how uh, wonderful an experience they had with the police and how they were so helpful Do you think that's the narrative they're going to push? Do you think anybody that watched that news story is going to have a positive look on the police? Or do you think it's going to be negative? Do you think it's going to cause people that are scared or have have an issue? Do you think it's going to have them call the police? Or do you think they're going to try to take matters into their own hands because they don't trust the police? Therefore, creating more crime... Therefore, putting more people in jail and in prisons when we've already got too many in there in the first place. You see, this, these isolated incidents aren't just isolated incidents. What they do is they snowball into gigantic problems for this country later on. And, it's, I mean, and, it, and it, happens, it happens all the time. And then, you know, and then blaming the victims. Let's blame the victims. Oh, well, the cops did this, but he did, you know, he committed these crimes that he's already paid for, that he's already paid his debt to but it doesn't matter. He's a criminal, you know. So what? What did? Was there a crime? Did their crime constitute the death penalty? And if so are you the executioner? Are you the judge, the jury, and the executioner? Or are you the one that's simply supposed to make the arrest so they can have their due process like everybody is supposed to get in this country? People should be mad when a cop does something like that, when they take the law into their own hand, because what they're doing is they are taking the law out of your hand. Everybody is supposed to be judged by a jury of their peers if they so choose. We are their peers. We are that jury. We are the ones that are supposed to decide whether or not they deserve to go to prison or not. When a cop kills somebody, you know, enacts the death penalty on their own, then they're taking that power out of your hands. They're saying that their opinion matters more than yours. I'm not okay with that because I don't believe that. And I'm pretty sure that using a counterfeit 20 does not uh, constitute the death penalty. I don't care what he's done in the past. He's already paid for that. He was out legally. He didn't escape prison. He served his time. Obviously, I'm talking about George Floyd right here because the, the narrative, oh yeah, because the George Floyd tape come out of the you know the audio from the body cams and now people are saying well he has to get out of the has to get out of the car and all this stuff and it's like you know what so what he has to get out of the car he didn't ask he didn't ask hey will you please take me out of the car so you can put your knee on my neck for 8 minutes and 46 seconds so you can kill me He didn't say that. And so what if he's asking to get out of the car? When's the last time the cops ever listened to a fucking inmate anyways? Just say too bad. I'll roll the window down for you if you're claustrophobic. Which would have been fine. But not here. I'm going to pull this in custody person that I have handcuffed behind his back and then kneel on his neck until he dies. That's the point. That's the point. Like, everybody's like, well, these they're going to have to let these cops go now because now that we've uh, seen that he asked for it. No, he didn't ask to be killed. He said he was claustrophobic and he wanted to get out of the back of the car or rolled the window down. So, and I get it. The back windows probably don't roll down, but they could roll down both the front windows. I don't know. Either way, Another thing, oh yeah, this uh, Matt Gates. Who is it? That one, a congressman or senator down in uh, Florida? He is a big piece of shit. He's talking that uh, you know, in the in this uh, day and age where mass shootings happen so often, more more than one a day, you know. Uh, you know, we talk about gun control, and we talk that we need to control the guns. and I get it. We have the second amendment, and i'm I'm a little more to the center on the on the whole gun control thing, just for the simple fact that it is in the Constitution, and I do believe in the Constitution. I believe in our right to keep and bear arms. And I do um, to an extent agree that uh, the government shouldn't pass too much legislation to uh, control who owns guns and who doesn't. Um, and what guns that we should or should not have. I, but that being said, we've got to do something. And building a wall, which is what Matt Gates suggests will help, is not going to help. Look at the mass shooters. Over the course of since mass shooters have really become a problem, how many of them were illegal immigrants from Mexico? Because that's all the wall is going to stop, is illegal immigrants from Mexico. How many? I don't think any of them have been. Maybe one. So i don't know what the wall does to fix that. It doesn't do anything it doesn't It's just another it's just another way for Matt Gates to kiss Donald trump's ass, which is what he does but anyways so, so and and Republicans another thing another thing about Republicans is you know they talk about small government and that government's too big, too big under democrats and you know, but when they say that, all they're talking about is the government subsidies for, uh, you know, welfare and for uh, food, food assistance and, and stuff like that. That's what they're talking about when they talk about big government, housing assistance and all of that. But they have no problem giving subsidies to oil companies or, uh, you know, campaign contributions. I mean, they have no problem with that, but that's not, that's not welfare and that's not government. That's not government. Uh, that's not big government. Uh, another thing that they they push is that everybody needs to earn their own way. Meanwhile, they enjoy these tax breaks. Some of them don't pay any taxes, and most of them pay very little in in terms of a percent, they pay a lot of money but in 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 the when you figure the amount uh, the percentage of their income that they pay, it's very small. Oh, we can go ahead and move past that um, Another thing I wanted to talk about is um, you know Trump talking about how um, you know everybody's picking on him, and and a lot of people are you know kind of agreeing with this that that everybody's too hard on Donald Trump. He, he's just he's getting an unfair unfair deal here. Let me tell you something. Donald Trump did this to himself, hands down. There is no doubt he did this to himself. Donald Trump missed a couple very very golden. Uh, opportunities to unite this country pull us together and definitely seal his re-election but he he chose not to he chose not to because his own arrogance got in his own damn way and and it it cost it cost him the election and i don't think there's a chance in hell that he gets re-elected and And it's because of him missing these opportunities. He had a golden opportunity with the coronavirus. The coronavirus very much could have helped him rather than hurt him. He could have, you know, got way ahead of it when it first came over and did what other countries did that have enjoyed very low numbers in terms of deaths and cases combined. So... And he didn't do that. He chose to, uh, because Donald Trump is all about short-term gains. That's all he cares about. He he doesn't have the mindset to think long-term. Like he was worried about the Dow Jones. He was worried about the stock market when the virus first came over and he wanted to keep the government open because, and then remember some of his tweets were, you know, oh, look at the stock market it's doing great. These other countries are stupid for shutting down. Well, now those other countries that were stupid, apparently, uh, they're, you know, their sports are playing, you know, their, their death numbers per day, their daily death numbers are zero. Ours are a thousand a day. Um, what, what he did was he allowed it to get too big to contain before he did anything about it. Had he tried to contain it when it was still small, when it was still a small percentage of the country that had it, a very small number, he could have, he would have had to probably take an economic hit short term but it probably wouldn't have lasted very long and by now we definitely we would would be enjoying probably good economic on excuse me economic numbers so so he missed a golden opportunity there to be a hero another thing that he missed on was this george floyd thing he you know is pushing you know Hard, be harder, be tough, be hard on the streets and all that stuff. Th- this country was crying out for some bold leadership. This country was begging for some leadership, and he did not answer the call. He did not do it, and he could have. It's uh, I compare it to like um, George Bush, George W. In nine eleven. Nine eleven happened. George Bush got on, you know, got on in front of the country and. And, you know, and tried to unite us. We all had a common enemy to bond over. We had a, we had a you know, everybody wanted, you know, to unite and to be and, and togetherness was at a real all-time high. And, and he used that to get reelected. And he showed compassion and he showed empathy. And I am not trying to suggest that George W. Bush was a good president. I think he was one of the worst. I actually thought he was the worst president ever until this current president but um but trump could have very easily done the same thing with this he could have made racism our enemy and hey let's all bond over these obvious racial injustices and come together as one united country and really push and let's push some police reform let's not blame the police let's blame the culture they've created in the justice system not blame the individual officers with, with the exception of the ones that have done horrible things, then yeah, those people need to be you know held accountable for that. But like the police as a whole, let's not blame them. Let's, let's create a new culture. Let's create a new system. Let's create something that is just, that is, that is what the people want because even in a democracy in a democracy the people need to be right at least some of the time they should get what they want at least some of the time and and they don't and and some people get what they want more often than not and but they're uh, but all all minorities none of them get what they want hardly any of the time and it's sad and he could have he could have really used this George Floyd thing to show empathy, show that he actually has empathy, which I don't believe he's capable of, and uh, and really united us. And we could and and people would be if he'd have done those two things, you know, handled the coronavirus correctly and united people instead of instead of driving a wedge in between people during uh, the George Floyd thing. This country would be very strong right now, and there's no chance in hell he wouldn't get reelected. But instead, here we are. There's, a, there's racial tensions like a crazy. The coronavirus is gaining strength, not going away. It's just, he just has no idea how to do the job. He has no idea, but he thinks he knows everything. So he won't listen to advisors. He won't listen to anybody. He thinks he knows more than everybody when he obviously doesn't. Another thing, another thing that uh, I've noticed lately, and um, and I don't know who's pushing this. I would assume it's probably right wing propaganda, but I'm I can't say for sure. And maybe it's just the cops pushing it. But um, now we have this "Blue Lives Matter," and they're referring to the police. Um, these are also the same people that you know were saying all lives matter, not just black lives. Okay. So, where are all of you all lives matter people now when when this blue lives matter thing is getting pushed? Where are all you all lives matter now? Where are you or does it or, or it doesn't count now it doesn't matter now because because we're talking about the police. The police lives have always mattered more than ours. they always have but, and, I, and I'll explain what I'm talking about there in Texas, if you get caught murdering somebody. You can usually plea your sentence to life without possibility of parole, as opposed to the death penalty. When you kill a cop, you always get the death penalty, always. Why? Why is that? Oh, because the cop lives matter more. So this whole "blue lives matter" shit is ridiculous. They've always mattered. They've always mattered more than ours. You're the same people that say that racism isn't real. Racism is real, and blue lives matter is just another fucking form of it. Basically, what you're doing is you're mocking black lives matter because you don't think they matter by saying blue lives matter there instead of, instead of just embracing that black lives matter. Why can't they matter? They're not, asking, they're not asking for anything more than just equal. They just want equal. They're not saying black lives matter more or black lives matter most or, or black lives or the best, or any of that. They just want to matter. and a race of people that have never mattered in this country, I think it's the least we could do to just embrace a, something as simple as a fucking slogan that just, want, that just says that they matter. I mean, why why not, why not embrace that? They do matter. They do matter. Of course they do. They matter the same as my life. They matter the same as your life. Why is that so hard? The next thing I want to go over is the response to this pandemic in terms of financial help for the people that really need it. Now, these, uh, these stimulus packages or whatever, uh, while, I, while I do... Give them a little bit of credit for the at least attempt, I guess. However, right now, and this is not just the Republican Party, this is both sides of the, uh, both sides of the aisle. Right now, they are fighting over this, this next uh, wave of stimulus that they're going to do. While they're arguing over over how they're going to do it and what all is going to be included and all that, there are people that are losing everything. There are people that are in such financial trouble that they're losing their homes, they're losing their vehicles, they're losing their way of life. Some of them are—they ha- can't afford to put food on the table, all because everybody's trying to throw in these extra narratives in these stimulus packages. Right now, the people need help. It is not about anything else right now. Let's let's make an agreement on both sides that we that this is just about stimulus, no, nothing else. Well, we can we can argue about the other shit later. Right now, people need help. People need help right now. They don't need help in a couple months when you guys try to propose another one and then you argue about it for another month. And before you know it, everybody's homeless. Right now is when this needs to happen. This should not a partisan issue. This should not be anything, but let's help the people who need the help. How hard can that be? They want to take away the extra $600 or they want to lower the extra $600. Fine, whatever. But give them something. They... The thing is, is the Democrats want to keep the extra $600 and the Republicans want to get rid of it. And the compromise has only been an extra $200, which, okay, whatever. But here's the thing. And I don't understand why the Republicans are fighting this so hard because this will boost the economy. If they keep the extra $600, then people have more money to spend, which will in turn increase the economy, and then they can run on a strong economy. There's still 90 days left until the election. They still have time to run on a strong economy if they would just do a couple key smart things. They could boast that, you know, we're coming out of this these economic hardships, and the economy is starting to bounce back, and don't take don't take us out of office now because look, the recovery is already starting. But instead, they're wanting to take away this because they say that it promotes people to stay home, and it doesn't. It people don't people don't want to be unemployed for the most part. Now I get it. There are some that do, but those people already weren't working. The people that want to stay home and collect all this extra free money weren't working to begin with. So the people that have lost their jobs were working. They were not lazy freeloaders. They were people that were unemployed that now aren't because of the pandemic. These are people that most of them have worked all their lives, have never taken any government subsidies, have never needed help, but they need it now and and to not give them that help that they need when you're constantly bailing out airlines and giant corporations, but you won't bail out the working family that has been displaced from work because of a pandemic that you mishandled? And and, And you want to take away what little help you were giving them? Why on earth would you do that? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, not even politically does it make any sense. The, the Democrats, of all people, should be the ones fighting it because they, because it gives them a stronger chance to win. If The, the worse the economy looks during, at, the, at election time, the better chance the Democrats have to win. And the Republicans should realize that and be all for granting this additional $600, granting this extra stimulus, because it would only help the economy. It comes with an enormous price tag, and I get that. But since when have we ever been scared by things with enormous price tags? Never. We spend so much money on military We honestly could cut the military budget to pay for this and the military would still be overspending. But so right now that's the big hot topic and everything's in limbo, but you know what? What isn't in limbo? The bills, the bills keep coming in. Rent keeps needing paid and food keeps needing to be put on the table. And there is no way to do any of this you want to talk about a financial crisis and and a, a basically a, a country that's in crisis you start have you have the homelessness rate go up you know extraordinarily a lot and you are going to have a giant problem because when people are impoverished poverty breeds crime Because people will do what it takes to survive. And if the government isn't going to help them do that legally, they will do it illegally. And I don't blame them. I would do the same thing. If I can't survive at a job and the government's not going to give me help until the government completely opens back up and the country finally gets back to normal. If I'm not going to get any help from them and I can't get a job because of the pandemic, I am going to do what it takes to provide and if that means doing something illegal, then you know what? I will take it over, you know. My family gets fed first, first and foremost. And and if it comes down to doing something illegal to do it, then by God, I'm going to do it. It's called survival. And you have to do something. So by so they need to get off their asses and and push this through they need to push it through and the democrats are they're just as guilty they need to take all the bullshit out of it and let's just leave the meat and potatoes of it let's just say it all needs to be about stimulus no extra shit from either side let's just get it through and let's get the american people the help that they need right now then we can argue about all the other trivial bullshit that they're trying to shove in it. That can be, a, that can be an argument for a different day. But, it, but right now is when the people need the help. And right now is when we need to be taking care of it or there's not going to be a country left because you can bet your ass that all these other, you know, nations that have hated us for a long time are seeing this. There are no dummies. They know that we are in the midst of, an, of economic ruins. They know that we're, lose, that we're becoming a divided nation. And when we become so divided and we become economically dependent upon some sort of help or some sort of illegal activity, then we become vulnerable for an attack, right now we are more vulnerable than I think we've ever been since World War II. And I mean, there's there's just too many people that we have pissed off to be sitting here vulnerable. There is, there, there's so much, we could be doing such a better job at this and I don't know why we're not doing it. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. And it doesn't make sense financially, economically, or politically to do this right now. Like, now is not the time to push the narrative that there's too many freeloaders. These people are not freeloaders. These people were working members of society that have been displaced because of a mishandlement by a pandemic that could have been prevented. These are people that pay their taxes. These are people that live, you know... They live a lawful life. They don't you know, they don't break the law. You know, they they raise their kids right. They go to school, they graduate school. They they do everything right. And now because of something completely out of their control, their lives are being turned upside down and their governments turning a blind eye to them. Nobody should be okay with that. I don't care if you're an essential employee, And you're still working and you're pissed off that these people are getting an extra $600. If it's giving them more money than you make, then you need to be pissed off at the company that you work for for not paying you a livable wage. Don't be mad at the people receiving the extra money. Be mad at the company for not giving you enough money to at least make the same as somebody on unemployment. You know it's okay to be outraged, but make sure your outrage is aimed at the right place, at the, at the right source. The source of the outrage needs to be the people who have been oppressing all of us all this time. The upper one tenth of one percent controls ninety percent of the wealth in this country, and that is not right. The upper one percent controls the ninety nine percent of this company or this country's uh, wealth. The upper 1%. And one-tenth of 1% controls 90%. That is, those are those are haunting statistics. Those are, they're accurate too, by the way. You can fact check it if you like, critics. Um, but there is such a wealth gap in this country that we have these conversations like... And the people that are, you know, the people that are saying these kind of things like, well, they don't need that extra money or whatever, are people that are are not being affected by it. Of course you're saying that, but put yourself in their shoes. Put yourself in the shoes where you don't know where the next dollar is going to come that's going to feed your kid. And then tell me they don't need it. Tell me you don't need it. it's not right. It's not right. We're supposed to be about helping people. That's what we've always been. We've always been the country that set the example for the rest of the world. Is this the example we want to set for the rest of the world? The rest of the world's laughing at us. It's embarrassing. It's not right. We have we have destroyed foreign relations to the point where i don't know how long it's going to take to mend some of these to mend some of these alliances but i guess i guess that's just not something that we care about anymore but it used to be it used to be something that we cared about the fact that we no longer lead the world in anything with the exception of number of incarcerated people per capita. We lead the world in that. We lead the world in military spending, which we spend more than the next 27 countries combined, 26 of which are allies. And we lead the world in... Um, most people per capita that believe in God. That's right. We are more radically Christian than any Islamic country is radical Islam. You know, I know that's all we see. It's all we see on the news is these crazy, radical Islamists. But if you go to an Iran, an Iraq, or all these places that are Muslim, there's a lot of people that just live normal lives that do that are not that. They're not anything. They're agnostic. You don't see it because we don't show it. And, you know, they're they're not loud about it because over there you can be oppressed for not having certain beliefs. So, but here's the thing about that. And I'm going to go ahead and jump into that. I wasn't going to talk about this, but I'm going to a little bit now anyways. Um, The reason that these countries don't like us There is a specific reason. And it's not because we're Christian. They don't give two shits about that, most of them. But what what they do care about is their ability to survive. Um, And I'll explain what I mean. Because aside from sitting on a bunch of oil, Iraq, Iran, and other Middle Eastern countries, they also sit on something else. They sit on a lot of sand. You cannot grow crops. You cannot... And you can't. You don't have grassy pastures to raise animals on to eat. So they, so they rely on all that oil they sit on as a form of trade for other goods. Now that being said, we're over there taking it from them. We, we're, you know, and we we send military over there, and then we, you know, we we try to control. Try to control them because they have all that oil, and we need that oil because we consume sixty percent of the world's oil, and we're only we only we're only two point eight percent of the population of the world, but we consume over half of the of the world's oil. And they're sitting on you know one of the biggest you know one of the biggest sources of it. So we're over there, and we're over there controlling them because we want control of that oil, and that is it. That is it. They can say whatever they want. That's why we're over there. Now, if we're over there doing that, they have no way, they have nothing left to trade so they can feed their people, so they can, so they can live normal lives. We're over there impeding on that. And, and I don't blame them for hating us for that. Why wouldn't they? Well, we're just gonna bully our way in so we can steal their only way of living. And then then we say, well, you can live the way we want you to live. And then we'll leave knowing that they're not going to do that. And, and, and it's sick. And it's sick and it's sad. And I don't understand why uh, more isn't being said about this. And I, I think a lot of that is just because we've got so many problems here that it gets kind of put on the back burner because we don't have to look at that every day. And then if they don't do exactly what we want them to do, then we then we put these, you know, we put these restrictions on trade with them, you know, and then, you know, we sanction them in ways to where it really cripples them. And and when we do things like that, we're not hurting their government. We're not hurting, you know, their elites, the ones that are actually crazy. and And we should be, you know, those are the ones that are actually doing the harm over here. Or but it's not hurting them. Those people are going to eat regardless. You know they they've got unlimited unlimited resources. What we're doing is we're hurting the Iraqi and the Iranian people, the people who just want to exist, just want to live a normal life, want to come home. They want to go to work. They want to go to school. They want to come home and have dinner. They want to do all of those things. They don't want to kill Americans. They don't want to be a war. They just want to live at peace and and be able to survive and we take that away from them. And I don't understand why more people don't have a problem with this. We've become less like the big brother of these nations that need help, but more like the big bully that they need help from. You know, like we should be we should be over there Helping them, helping them create and to become self-sufficient instead of putting barriers in between them. But that is all the time I have right now. So um, I will talk more and more about that uh, in an in in episode coming up. So until that episode, have a good day. It's been nice talking to you.